0: Hey, 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 you guys. We're so glad to have a special guest with us, Mr. Abel Hart. He was based in Philadelphia as a singer, songwriter, and producer who once was had a long-lost love for being an amateur U.S. Olympic snowboarder. And it came to an abrupt halt with his career due to an injury. For years, he questioned his life and struggled with depression, even addiction, until he found a deep connection and a purpose with his music. Creating music became his therapy and a healthy outlet to express himself. Abel hopes his music can hopefully inspire you guys and help others. And I know it's helped me um, in many ways. Um, although he has been producing music for almost 10 years, he spent the majority of his time ghost producing, where he worked for hire without royalties for other artists. In 2019, he got a break where he won the NBC television show Songland. And if you guys haven't heard of this show, it's a really amazing show that came on NBC, where he authored and produced the Billboard charting single Greenlight for the Jonas Brothers. Since then, he has been focusing on his Ableheart project. In the past few months, he has released several new music videos, one of his new singles Whisper, and another This Ain't Like You off of his latest EP, And he also was able to release some great music that's going to be coming up, you guys. I know there's a release tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm very glad to have you here, Abel, on the show. And also, you guys, he released an album on December 30th, 2020, and it was called Let Me Know When It's Over. So we're so glad to have you here as a guest, and Happy New Year, Abel. No,
1: Happy New Year to you as well. No, super happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well,
0: I'm just blessed to to talk to especially artists that I look up to and people who I think have amazing backstories and especially when I learned more about just dealing with depression and also you dealing with addiction um I work as a licensed professional counselor full time so and I've worked over seven years with addiction and mental health, so I love being able to tie in the things that I see every day, things I experience, and even personal growth and stories and things that I know about. Um, it's just so glad to talk to people like you, because you just give people that sense of hope and resiliency and knowing what you've gone through and how we can all learn from you. So I just, I love your journey on the show, but I love to see who you are outside of the show as
1: well. Well, I appreciate that. That does mean the world to me. And that's, uh, that's interesting to know that you're in that field as well. That's crazy. It's amazing. Well, I, yeah, I
0: mean, it's, it's a feel I switched careers. So I originally did business and accounting for many years. And then I ended up switching to mental health counseling. And I think that was the, what I should have been doing. It's like one of those things like with music for you, like it's like, of course, you know, we all have aspirations. But when you really can find something that you connect with and we can tell in your songwriting that that's definitely something that you connect with. I'm just glad that you are giving the world a piece of you and we really enjoy
1: your music. No, definitely, for sure. Yeah, it's been a huge part of, I guess, for sure, my life, but as well as growth and figuring out, you know, I think it comes a lot to purpose, you know, what, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Because I definitely know what it's like to uh, not have purpose or just to kind of feel lost and and definitely alone. And when you feel like that, right, it's like you feel like you're the only one and no one else understands or gets you or can relate. And I just... Uh, I'm super grateful and fortunate to have music, to be able to, you know, speak my truth. And it is, a, you know, partially, maybe a big part, now that I think of it, uh, a form of, you know, meditation and and release, you know, something that's that's positive in my life that I feel like is my therapy, you know, so it's, it's I'm super grateful to have it. And I, I will say, for other people to be able to relate to what I'm saying is just, uh, I think that's when you really realize what everything's about. I
0: think you made a great point on that, Abel, is like, I think people have a hard time understanding things that they either haven't personally experienced or maybe not having a family member experience it themselves. And so I think like personal growth really comes sometimes from that journey that you go through yourself. But sometimes you can even gain a lot of insight by what other people you've known, like friends or, you know, associates. I know in the music industry, there's a lot of things that go on that people don't know behind the scenes. And so I feel like with what you're sharing with us, like we hopefully get an almost like an ear and an eye into, you know, your experiences. And so you guys, we're going to learn a lot more about Abel in a second. So I thought it would be really fun if we can kind of start with like some lightning round questions where Abel's is just going to kind of just say the first thing that comes to mind based on some of his songs. And I came up with some questions I thought it would be really fun for us to kind of learn more. And if you're okay, Abel, if you want to kind of play the game with us, we would love to learn more about you.
1: All right. I don't know what
0: you signed up for, right? (laughs) I always tell people, they're like, "Uh, I think I'm down until I get a question. But I I did send him some of these already, so he's already kind of aware of some of these questions. All right. So one of your songs we have is called Fade Away what is one trend that you would hope might fade away within the mm. next few years?
1: Mm. Uh, trend. I don't know if it's so much as a trend as it is like uh judgment or comparison upon people, you know, everyone kind of, we live in the world of social media, right? So I feel like if, if, if we can fade away from, you know, uh, trying to compare ourselves and what other people's have, have and look at kind of, and appreciate what we do have. I feel like, maybe that's not a trend, but with social media and continuously growing, I feel like that would be amazing to watch fade away.
0: I think that's a great answer. I, when I think of trends, I think one, some of the challenges and those the dance things that I see on TikTok sometimes, like oh, I've seen like a million of these and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I wish that trend almost to a certain extent would kind of go away to a certain extent and just kind of have more authentic moments because I feel like everyone's just doing what other people are doing. And-
1: no, for sure. Well, I think that's difficult, right? Because when when something either so sort of simple or something really just becomes popularized, it, it just becomes this, I guess, this trend, right? It's it's hard to then have judgment on people that that then start doing it just to do it. But sometimes those people, that's then that's a release for them that they wouldn't have known otherwise, right? Because some people have a harder time finding it than others. So it's always, again, right? Hard to have that judgment and why they found it. Maybe it was because it was a trend and they just wanted to hop on it. But if they found, who knows, they're, they never wanted to get in the dance, but because now everybody's doing it, they ended up becoming a choreographer. Or so, or you, have no, you have no idea, you know? So I just find it very interesting how trends go and then the career paths people have because there was a trend you know that's
0: a great answer and I, I I love when when guests do that i'm glad that you were able to kind of explain it that way i didn't even look at it in that context and i think that's a great way of looking at it too because like when we think of trends a lot of things do come back into like what fashion trends you may have heard of that as well like things that were popular in the 60s and 70s and 80s are coming back and it's also like um like different sampling we know that happens in the music industry a lot that that becomes um, a big trend, you know, and I, I love that you answered it that way. It's a really really great answer. All right, let's look at another one. So you had a song called Drugs. Um, can you tell us about how were you able to bounce back from having a history of abuse? And what has been or who has been one of your biggest encouragers? Um, I was
1: able to bounce back from drugs. I mean... Drugs were, you know, and I feel like this is such a t- touchy subject, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to try to explain it as far as, you know, for me, myself and I statements, things that I have gone through and what I relate to in my experiences. Uh, drugs at the time were really more than wasn't like right. You could say it's a problem, but for me, it was really a temporary solution to a permanent problem, which the permanent problem was a spiritual malady and a spiritual malady being something, you know, a void that you're missing on the inside that you're looking to fill with external things and I think how I overcome that how I overcame you know being involved in that it was I mean for me it was music you know I, I I didn't know I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't know where I was in life and really more so who I was you know and what I was meant to do and music more so serendipitously found me so it's I'm super grateful for that, but I think it was also a point in my life where I was just so, I guess you could say humbled or more so. I just I was like, I don't know anything because right the the way me thinking I knew everything, I was just miserable every day. You know, it was my my world was filled with toxic behavior and the the people I associated with, the thoughts that I had and the the acts that I, you know, committed really to myself that ended up, you know, harming other people. Is that was my Best intention to try and fill the void. I just didn't want to feel the way I felt every day, you know. And until music came into my life, that's where I saw like this pure. People were just at whether it was festivals or clubs or in the vicinity of music. People, the, the energy—it was an energy, you know. It was this this frequency that everyone just got each other. You could you could bump into somebody in the club and they look at you and they go, "Yeah," hey, oh, because they're excited. You know, they're at the club and that music is bringing those people together. Mind you, they have different lives and different, different lives and different experiences, but this one thing they could connect on and they're purely living in the moment. So it was such a, it it was a new thing for me. And I never experienced that because I was in my, I guess my little toxic, you know, bubble of what I thought was right for me, maybe, you know, but I just, I didn't know. And I was like, well, uh, I just get the case of the like the f's. I don't know if I don't want to curse on here, but you know, I just f this, f that. I just it was just negative, you know. And until I was like, I just don't know anything, and just tried new things. I think that's when it opened up, and I was able to find what I felt was my purpose. And mind you, at the time, I had no idea what in the music industry I wanted to be involved in. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted other people to feel that transformation that I felt in that moment. And it was just, uh, I I knew something, I didn't know exactly what, and I, and I, uh, I I always constantly think about that moment because it's very, I never would have thought that I would be doing music. So I'm just super grateful.
0: Well, we're glad that you decided to do music. I mean, it just kind of goes into, I think music can be cathartic in so many different ways. Um, and it can also teach us a lot about healing ourselves, um, the, the songs that people write, the way people sing, even the intonation in people's voices when they talk or speak. It plays a huge role. Um, and I think that's why when you're able to explain and tell people your experiences, like it's a real in realness that people can get from you. It's raw talent that not every songwriter or singer has. And I think that, you know, through your pain, you've found part of your purpose and you're still living through it. And that's, it's a great way of looking at it, of like, you know, just being around the audience and being around fans, you know, and seeing their reactions to your music. It it definitely can heal you in a way that, you know, maybe you didn't even know it could. And so I, I love that you answered it that way.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And you do realize that when, you know, supporters are people that connected with your craft, get what you were trying to say and that it helped them that that's you know back to the first point we were talking about that was that's when you realize that's what it really is about i know it may sound corny to say but at least for me is like you know it's, it's it's bigger than me and i've and being involved in something that's bigger than me it holds a higher purpose
0: so, that's right yeah now let's kind of talk about in the morning what what it goes into your morning routine what does that look like for you and are you a morning person or do you like like late
1: afternoons or night oh gosh uh this is a very, I guess a very good question um my schedule to be honest is all over the all over the place uh i prefer the night um i've been nocturnal for the last uh for the most part for the last i don't know, I don't know few months you know on and off that it's a tricky thing though cuz your body definitely needs uh sunlight so but I also feel I'm so creative at nighttime. So it's such a hard thing for me to fight with and and uh I guess to get on a routine. Um but but yeah my 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 morning routine would be, you know, wake up, I have to have my coffee. I need uh maybe it's like coffee and some sort of <laughs> some sort of, I watch a lot of YouTube uh like tutorials, whether it's about, I mean, anything from like learning about finances to music production to I'm real big in, in into film and learning anything I can with film and uh, you know, how, how movies are shot and the, how to get the best shot. And I just recently picked up uh, a camera with my manager and we just, we just connect on that level as far as how can we take, you know, like could you watch for us? We, we watch movies and we're like, we could so get a shot like that. And it's, and for me also, how do I, (laughs) visuals is such an amazing pairing with audio. So it's this other, this other form of release for me to sit down and edit and come up with ideas and figure out treatments where it's just an ulterior outlet. You know, it's, it's, it's super creative outlet, you know, outside of music. And then, okay, this is what I'm writing the song about. How do I visually pair that? Because, Think about film if you could put what well, you could put music is what makes the visuals make sense or like what you're trying to emphasize in what you're watching, right like take scary movies if you put a happy song behind it, contradict like it contradicts it actually makes it scarier. They put like a music box, which is really beautiful, but it makes it it just makes it creepy you know in comparison you have like cinematic effects when there's an action scene. if you were to have a funny you know fifty song it would be more of a comedy. So it's, it's that just interests me in a whole other field that, uh, that I'm definitely this last year have been venturing off and trying to figure out and learn. And, um, but yes, my morning routine would be coffee, watching tutorials like that and just kind of, you know working on music or if it's uh, film and editing.
0: I think that's a great morning routine. Hey, boy, I wish I had that one. <laughs> what I like to do, I like to, when I get up, I normally pray, um, listen to music. Um, sometimes even a podcast, I'll listen to other people's podcasts. And then I will sometimes just kind of just exercise for a few minutes to kind of just get my cardio going. And then I either will um, kind of take a few deep breaths in, do deep breathing exercises like box breathing is something I like to do. And so that helps me to get in the yeah, right frame of mind cool. before I walk into the door, because I'm like, if you're not in the right frame of mind before walking in, like you can take all that negative energy um, into a setting. And one of my favorite podcasters is Jay Shetty, and I was listening to his On Purpose with Jay Shetty, um, and he mentioned in one episode about people wanting more of your energy than your time. And he said that if you give off bad energy, yeah. you know, that that can definitely, you know, create a lot of tension in relationships. And so I, I agree with that.
1: No, that's really well put. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I forgot to mention gym, and I do. I've definitely not been as good with my meditation or breathing. or You know, I, that I need to that. That's something I need to continuously myself to like sit down and take that moment. But between that and the gym as well, that's a huge uh, I, I need that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I put on more than a few pounds from the pandemic, so it's been really hard to kind of, you know, to get back into a shape you want because you just never know what the future holds. But I think that just kind of goes into what time we we can make changes in our routine and, you know, it doesn't have to happen overnight. So that's, that's a good thing. Good thing to work for. Yeah, of course. So let's go to your next song, Whisper. Um what is one thing you like to do in the quiet moments away from others? Something that you like to do, or tell yourself when you're in solitude?
1: Mm, what do I like to do in solitude? Uh, I mean, it really would be it would be working on my craft or trying to better better learn something new in my craft or what I do, with, whether it's with music or sound design or using new plugins or uh, putting different harmonies on things I wouldn't normally do. (laughs) It's like, I would love to tell you, you know, be hanging out with friends or doing certain things, but I, I just, I love what I do and I look at it as I get to do what I do. I don't have to, you know, so I'm very fortunate to be able to get to work on music and, and edit and, you know, wake up and have that routine, but again, without the balance that we were just going over, I don't think any of it would be sustainable, so I think it's super important to keep that in mind but um, yeah in 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 my quiet moments uh it would be it would be work for sure.
0: I think that was a great answer for that one. I mean that's one that I would definitely think many people wouldn't even imagine. But I think you did a great job answering that. I have one more question, fast round, and this one is: mm-hmm. Let's do the bottom of a bottle. What is your definition of powerlessness and unmanageability?
1: That's a good one. Powerlessness and unmanageability. Um, uh, well, I'm really it's, it's, it's hard to fight because sometimes I say as myself, you know, you feel like you can control these these external things you know in reality you can't you can only (laughs) control the choices you have around the moments that you create on a day-to-day basis and powerlessness i feel like letting go is (laughs) it sounds more simple you know and sometimes it is uh but letting go of the things i think i can control uh are for sure difficult but coming to that point it's actually funny because say it's with a loved one or something and you see them doing something that's that's hurting their life or the way that they're living their life i can't then come in and think i know everything because there's been if i look back and have an open mind about the whole situation and take myself and my perspective out of it i've gone through things in my life where no one it was definitely toxic but no one no matter who who they were could tell me the right thing that i probably should have did i just didn't want to hear it so it's it's difficult because I feel like us as humans kind of have to venture off and find that path ourselves, you know. Um, and I think that holds true to what we were speaking about before. It's just <laughs> being open minded, you know. Um, and 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 definitely, you're not alone, you know. Going back, it's like we feel we're alone and no one else will understand or get what we're get what we're going through yet. Yeah. Usually, if you could think about someone else going through a situation, they it's 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 been gone through before, and there's other people out there that totally can relate. And I think it's having the vulnerability behind that to be open and speak that truth that you have inside that that's where the letting go that's where it becomes difficult, because as humans, I feel we also fear judgment. You know, I I know for sure I do. It's like hard, I guess. With that is to be open and honest about but I don't know I just think it's a human human nature like we we can't really you know can't lie about it like we we all want to be liked and accepted you know um but yeah powerlessness is I would just say letting go um it's it's difficult but I feel like you all that you are who you spend most of your time around so I think that's that's super important as well
0: I think you answered that really well, Abel, because I think many people forget that, you know, our company, we do keep, like I said, does play a huge role. It's almost like an indelible mark that it can make on a person, especially from teenage years to adult, adulthood years. Like you really get to see who you surround yourself with and what influences that they have in your career and in your life. And I think like, that's why having a strong family network, around you and it doesn't have to mean that this is actually your family like your immediate family. You get to great. choose people who really do care about you and who want to see you succeed and I think that plays a huge role into um some of the other questions I wanted to ask. But I think you did really great on the first set of questions.
1: No, I appreciate it. That was a are great question, to be
0: honest. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to make you think. I was like, how can we kind of make this fun? But his songs, you guys haven't heard of them, these are not parts of the songs. But uh, <laughs> I used use some of the titles of his songs to kind of come up with some questions. But I think you did really well on those. No, I
1: appreciate it. Those are great, great questions. All
0: right, so let's kind of go into your snowboarding career. When did you develop a passion for snowboarding? And do you still miss it, like when you were um, working toward doing it as far as being the Olympics or what are your thoughts on that
1: um I, that snowboarding was so uh, again very I guess very random or it started I want to say I was uh, maybe maybe seven or a little bit younger I went to the mountain with my cousins and it was the first time we all you know we went to go get instructions or have an instructor and learn how to snowboard down the mountain and. I went for my very first time and he gave, he gave back my mom the money and was like, he, he doesn't know. I mean, he doesn't need to, you know, be taught like he's, he he knows. So I was just maybe assuming that I already snowboarded and my mom was just trying to put me in to lessons to learn. But it was just something that clicked, you know, everything, everything made sense. I I had the strapped on my, had my boots and strapped on the bindings and, Uh, those movements just made sense. You know, as if, I I mean, mind you, I was, you know, seven or so. So it's like, you know, it's like a lifetime, like definitely a lifetime ago, goat fields, but I I definitely didn't have a lifetime of learning how to snowboard, you know, up until that point that it just made sense. So it was one of those things where I did have something in my life that clicked and made sense. And after that, it became, who do I, my, my mother put me around people that were, in that, I guess you could say that industry or who, who were competing and how do you take snowboarding? How could you possibly take it and make it a career? You know, because it was, and I think she saw my natural ability and she wanted to see me flourish and something that for sure came so natural to me, but also something that I purely loved. Um, so it was just getting around those people. And I started competing around local areas. And then through that, you know, you meet again, who you're around, you meet, you meet, new people and i met which became like my second family funny enough of not blood just like we were speaking on they they traveled and they they were like well if you really want to take it to the next level you have to you, know, you have to go to colorado and new zealand open and all of these places where you know i hadn't really been i mean no i definitely hadn't been anywhere outside of you know like like pennsylvania so it was such like a big mind opening thing, but it's like, well, if you need to do this, it's very expensive. And we didn't have the money at the time. And it's like, you have to, uh, it's you have to get sponsors, you know, and how do you do that? And so if you start to realize, I don't think I did as much, but you realize like the whole business structure and, and there's always some sort of, that's what makes it difficult. Sometimes there's always some sort of business structure behind your passion or something you, you love to do. So, I I started I started doing that picked up sponsors and started traveling with my I guess my newfound other other family that I was with and traveled with them and started competing and my two big, my two big favorite competitions were slopestyle and halfpipe anything where I guess (laughs) I could uh, do anything excessively, you know, as far as jumps and rails and uh, that was that was my that was my place. So uh, unfortunately the long story short, uh, I did that for a long time. I rode for Vale. uh, lived in Colorado for a while, was in New Zealand, traveled all over. And, uh, I you know, it's a, it's a very physical job. So I, you know, you break a lot of bones and just kind of something you go through and you heal up, you know, you break, heal, train, you know, repeat, and I hope you don't do it again, but so, you know, it's just the job. Uh, and then unfortunately I had a really bad accident and my back and put me out for a long time. And at that point, I think it put me out, I want to say for it was like a year, between a year to two years. And the sport is so, so forever growing. And then there's kids, you know, at this point that I was kind of getting a little bit better. Mind you, my doctor was like, you can't ever do this again. You know, you'll, you, you have you know, the chance of becoming paralyzed if you know anything ever happens again. But I didn't, you know, that's not something, especially being a kid, that's not something I ever cared about. I was like, this is what I do, you know, like this, uh, this is how I'm going to go out. Like, this is what I love to do. Nothing else matters when you have that drive and that passion, that love for something. So, uh, you know, at that point, though, when I was considering going back, it was you know the sport had progressed so much and not that I couldn't have done it, but it was, it was that paired with um you know fi- financially it was, it was very expensive and um and i was having a lot of you know rehab on my back and and difficulties with uh you know getting back out on the mountain so it was it was a, a it was just a lot and and for sure i guess as a kid or really i feel like any human being having something that is what you feel like is your drive for everything and your purpose um and losing it pretty much like in the blink of an eye is uh is a lot for anyone I feel like to to take in and then also being told you can't do it and then um you know it's 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 uh it's definitely hard uh, i feel like there's definitely people that can relate to that um with you know anything not just sports you know just having something and losing it and and being you know powerless like we were just saying so Looking back though, you know, in the full spectrum, that's for sure when I ventured off and I wasn't involved in the best things, and I got the case of the efforts. And if I, my my mentality was, well, if I can't do what I love, like it wasn't my choice. You know, it wasn't my choice to get hurt. It wasn't. This is this is is BS. Like I don't, and I don't want to do anything. You know, so it's very toxic. My mentality changed, and um, in reality though, you know, I was just hurt, and definitely. Definitely, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to cope with it, you know, so I, so I filled, you know, the void that I felt inside externally with things that really just made everything worse. But at that time, I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, but if I did, if I didn't have that, that's why it's hard for me, you know, it was a temporary solution. But looking back, it was the best thing that never happened for me. Because through that, that journey of who am I again, um, I found really I guess you say my true purpose and where I truly feel like I was meant to be and I have to always remind my, remind myself that because i can't think now this is everything that we 're going to do and if if i if i if I lose my voice and i can't ever speak again, then i'm going to get this case of the efforts I have to you know remember remember when the times that I had gone through those things and um re- just be open minded you know, cause I don't know, like, again, I, I've recently just gotten to film. So <laughs> it's hard for me to, to be like, I'm only going to do music and that's all I'm going to do. I truly feel like I'll always do music just because I, I love it so much. And to finish a song and to go through the ups and downs of just one song uh, and then to have that finished result, there's no better feeling. So, you know, within life, it's the same thing in life without any of the ups and downs or the negative or the toxic or the BS that we go through. And then coming out on the other side, if we didn't have any of that, I don't think we'd be able to appreciate what we do have currently. So uh, yeah, sorry for the long winded (laughs) statement, but there's so much there, you know? So
0: I think you answered it perfectly. And I don't mind that you shared all that because I think like we need to hear that. I mean, a lot of people who are chasing their dreams now, they may need to hear, Hey, you know what? your dream is not over. You know, there's other ways of, of still being a part. It's kind of like when you have like a person who played sports and then they become a coach and are able to still, you know, be there, even just from a different perspective, you know, but I think you answered that perfectly. Um, I used to actually play basketball myself and I was diagnosed with, it's called jumper's knee is the short term for it. So the cartilage in your knee would actually tear. And so, yeah, I literally could not wow. jump and do anything anymore like I used to. So I had to end up switching to soccer and then that was too hard. And I switched and did bowling for a while and like it was just like what where's my life going? It was very, very traumatic. But I, I agree with you. Right. I think it's about finding your purpose and finding where you need to be right. and I know one thing I wasn't going to be Michael Jordan as much as I wanted to be. (laughs) I was like, uh, I don't have those kind of skills, but it was just, it was just a fun experience to kind of look at how life turns and how you make the most of what you've been given for
1: sure. Yeah, of course. Super important. Forever growing, you know?
0: Absolutely. So I have, I really want to talk about Songland because this is a show that just really puts you on a map even further and I was just so glad to see you on that show. First of all, I mean, I've never missed the episode. I used to actually record on my DVR and your episode I watched pretty often because y'all had a lot of great people on your episode. But when I heard you saying green light, I was like, there's no way they're not going to choose him. It was actually better. I think the original part I loved, I liked the, the tweaks they made, but I was like, he has it perfectly now. You know, and I loved the the show with the judges and what they were able to do for you. And then meeting the Jonas Brothers, who seemed like just very cool, chill people who just, I mean, it was just it looked like you were having fun and that you really were living your life and just having a great experience. Can you tell us uh, what was it like being on the show? And then also, was there one piece of advice that one of the judges gave you that you still hold true and that you use today?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the song land and being a part of the show is, uh, is definitely incredible. It's very it's it's weird to step back sometimes and think about. I know at the point of it all happening, I didn't believe like anything was real. You know, it's re- <laughs> it very hard for me to determine what was real and what wasn't, because um, I feel like as any human that works super hard continuously at something and doesn't give up and is relentless and so driven towards that. Newfound purpose, and then you you know you manifest. I'm big on manifesting, and you know cre- creating this vision of where what do you want in life and where is it, um, and 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 then it all coming to fruition and 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 living it. <laughs> For me, nothing felt real because I, I definitely and, st- and still always I'll consider myself the form of you know what's so big now is just the bedroom producer, the kid that just is. Nonstop working on music and just learning and and how to do sound design and then can I mix and then how to do vocals and then how to write and and everything off of YouTube, you know and that's why it's like I always say we live in the best time as far as having Google and YouTube. It's like anything you want to learn. It's really just you know it's it's up to you to make that choice to type it into the computer, you know. So we live in such a great time. But that experience was uh, it was just surreal. I mean surreal is the only word that I really could could use and and. And and just so grateful, you know, for the opportunity and, and how amazing everyone was and treated me because you never know. You know, for me, at least I, I you never know. You watch these things, you watch interviews and and I love BTS and just watching how things work behind the scenes. But you never know. You don't know until, you know. And. And then living it and it, it becoming reality, mm-hmm. it was um, it was more than I think I even manifested or envisioned and and here's the tough thing it's like (laughs) and this goes back to being open-minded again when everything had happened and I had had received the opportunity to do the show I was so built built up with fear behind I guess the what ifs that I was I really wasn't going to do it just because I was I was also fearful of I, I you know tv and And I didn't want the message of what I had built, you know, the meaning behind the project and Able Heart and everything to mean to connect with other people. I didn't want that to become blurred. You know, I didn't. You can imagine how television works and it does a lot of the time. So I had a big fear behind that. And then also a big fear behind (laughs) what are people going to think of me? You know, cause this, it's like, it's, I guess that, that eight mile moment, you know, everything everything at this one time you this is it like this is either you're meant for this and you'll you'll you're gonna see that you're meant for this and other people will let you know that you're meant for this or you're not so so coming up to that moment you build up to that mountain that mountain you reach that peak where it's like you're gonna keep growing and this is where you're meant to be or it's not (laughs) is was such a fear of mine mind you I would, I never sang in my entire life in front of anybody. Again, I'm a, I'm a bedroom producer. I could, you know, the shower singer, I could, I could do that all day. And I had only started singing. uh, I want to say a year and a few months before that I started out producing, you know, electronic music. That was my thing. Always was a dream to be able to sing, but it's like singing is such a vulnerable thing. And then comparing that with the things that I wanted to talk about is like the ultimate vulnerability. So, uh, putting that and then filming it for live television was another big fear, um, and then just the what ifs. But really, if it wasn't for my my mother and being pretty much saying, "If you don't do this, you're not coming home," <laughs> I don't think I don't know. I don't know if I would have did it. And mind you, as well that <laughs> that uh, I was supposed to move out, and I was living out in California for almost two years at that point, and that's when I had started. That's when I had started uh, Able Heart and Singing because I had another project, but it was just producing and, and EDM music. So I, I was supposed to leave, you know, it was very expensive to live out in LA and I wasn't you know, financially stable at the point and being able to, <laughs> to stay out there. My parents you know definitely didn't have the money to support me at that time to, to do any of that. So uh, I was supposed to move that week when I got the call. And it's so funny how things happen, you know it's like i could I could sit here and manifest anything that I want in this entire, but if but i i I couldn't tell you how it's gonna happen you know I could manifest- and it and then it, again, it's just being open minded this could be the 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 key that unlocks every everything that you wanted to be involved in, you know, so I can't turn down it's just letting go of what I thought I knew my life was gonna look like because there may be a better life you know so it's going back to snowboarding you know the best thing that never happened to me but i didn't feel that at the time so then going there to songland and experiencing that and then definitely facing the biggest fears in my life uh i cried that whole show just out of um just 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 out of being for sure so grateful um but just that what I felt I believed other people also connected with, right? Because you only see what you see on TV, but in reality, what really changed my life was everything off camera, you know, and that's when you, that's right. That's either that's when you know it's real or not, you know, cause TV can be whatever, but that show and the people involved in it and David Stewart and Esther and Ryan Shane, everyone that was involved in that show treated me uh, just I guess right, like family. So it's 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 uh, I couldn't I couldn't be any more appreciative and just the the best experience of my life. And then getting to work in studios again off camera. I'm in all these other sessions. They had someone to walk into a show that uh that walking to the show that that they didn't know produced, sang, wrote, mixed, you know, sound design, did everything. Where they were like, oh wow, this is this is awesome. He we could we love what he does. We could this how about able do would you like to do this and would you like to go to this session and so i was I was all over at that point working all different studio sessions, and it's just I would have to walk out of the room sometimes and just cry, you know because i just it's just uh you're li- you're living everything that you've ever wanted, which is the craziest thing, and that's why I would say to anybody just, you have to you are the only one you have to believe it, and you have to be willing to do anything in order to get to where you always want to be. And you can't let anybody tell you any different, and that's just it, and that becomes hard because there are people in our lives that we do care so much about and for sure want their acceptance or their their opinion or their 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 words of you know wisdom or to move forward. they're like, yes, you should do this, but sometimes the people that we have closest to us can pull us further away from the thing that we want to do and those are again the hard choices that we have to make and and it's only the people that are willing to take the step forward and do the things that most people won't you know to be to be able to get to where they've always wanted to be so it's just it's just honestly incredible so if I could say anything anybody it would be definitely don't give up and like it will happen. You just have to firmly you have to make the right moves, take the right steps and involve yourself um, around the right people where it's just, you know, any anything is possible and take those opportunities that you don't know what, where, where they'll lead.
0: I love that you said that. I mean, that spoke to me um, because I know I had a lot of fears going into this podcast, to be honest, like as many, Um, times when I started in the beginning, it was just doing it for fun. And then I was like, you know what, this this is something that can really hopefully help change people's lives. And then talking to people like you, I love talking to just great human beings and people who are really doing not only esteemable things, but things that I can learn from myself. And it just helps me to step out and say, you know what, if I continue to keep being who I am and sharing and allowing people to be who they are and sharing their their hope, strength and love and things they've experienced that we could all make such a positive impact on the world. And I, I just believe in being very inclusive and, and and sharing, you know, that message with as many guests that actually come on the show or people who listen to Black Canvas. Um, and it actually helped me to start Space Between, which is the second podcast I started, which I wanted to do something since MTV Unplugged was one of my favorite shows watching. And growing up and watching. And so I said, why don't I create another podcast while I'm doing Black Canvas to give musicians and artists an opportunity to sing live and share um, their music. And I'm just glad, you know, that people have agreed to do it. And I have a lot of special guests coming up very soon. But I would love, Abel, if you're ever open to wanting to perform, we would love to hear you sing as well. I mean, you have an amazing talent and I think it would be great to hear some of those songs if you're ever interested.
1: No, definitely. I appreciate it. And that's that makes me like I get super excited when I hear everything that you just said as far as, you know, you and your, the job that you had before. And then, the you know, the fears going into the podcast, but, you know, you making the decision, you know, that, that I guess that first step. Right. I love hearing hearing about that. And right. Mm-hmm. Also, the message that you want to give behind why you're doing what you're doing. And I think that's what draws everything together. And and what you put out, you get back, right? That energy, that frequency, and you do. It's it's such a, it's, I don't want to say it's a weird thing, but funny side note, my, my manager, and I talk about it all the time. It's like, how, how do, uh, how do, how do telephones work? You know, how, how do walkie talkies work? And it sounds so silly, right? In the term of it, but it's like, how, like, how are we having this conversation? You're how many miles away? And it's so, it's so silly, right? At the time, it's crazy. It's the same thing, like flying a plane in the Wrights Brothers and it is so crazy until it's not right but it's it's all it's all a frequency you think of tele telephones how things work it's a frequency right and there's positive frequencies right that's on youtube too they have all the the different frequencies and if you really research Mm -hmm. it it's so interesting and that's what life is built up around but but as humans it's so hard for us to to see that because most of the time we we only believe what we can see you know so I just find that super interesting and, and really straight, it's freaking awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you and then the journey and you taking that step because I don't know what you did before, but um, it sounds like, you know, you love what you do and that, that it resonates with me. So you've resonated with me. So, so so there you go, I guess.
0: Well, I'm just, like I said. I am I've always been honored to talk to people about their their journeys. And as a counselor, I feel like this helps me even in my own profession, because when I can talk to someone like you who from far distance, I can't even physically see you, but I can still make a genuine connection. It helps me to be able, when I meet someone, I do an assessment, when I'm meeting with someone to do a family session, like it's very similar to me. It's like, it's like a first date. I always tell people when, when you do the podcast, because you really don't know the other person that well, but getting getting to know people you're like wow you know I never knew that experience or I'm getting a different perspective their their purview of what they've gone through is a lot different than mine or maybe we have more similarities than I didn't even know and I can learn so much from that and so that's what I love about you being here (laughs) and I love seeing you on the show because you were just such a great person to see
1: no, I appreciate that. I'm super grateful to, uh, to have been a part of this and thank you for definitely having me. Seriously. Oh, no
0: problem. So before we end, Abel, I want you to kind of share with our listeners, where can they find you? If you don't mind giving your social media information and then if you can tell us about your new song that's coming out that I'm very excited about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Of course, uh, my all of my socials are at Abel Heart. My Twitter is at Abel Heart Music, Spotify, Abel Heart uh a b l e h e a r t uh pretty much like you're able to do anything your heart desires that's kind of where it came from my mother uh but uh yeah every the next song coming out is be tomorrow which is crazy um midnight <laughs> this goes this just goes for <laughs> we we're talking about routine and what i prefer most you know nighttime i've been up i've been nocturnal for the last you know month or so for the most part and, uh, just feeling like the night, like something is leading me. Why do I feel I, I can resonate and, and come up with these ideas in the nighttime that it, uh, there's the lyric in there, you know, the midnight leads me like being up at night and having these creative ideas. I don't know what it is. No idea. It's just a frequency. I could sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. It could be like a reasonable, like 11, 12 o'clock you know, I'm going to go to bed. And say, sometimes I do. I'm like, okay, you know, turn, turn everything off. Put some uh, guided meditation on and, or positive affirmations is my favorite thing, subconscious, and just fall asleep. But then, then it comes to me waking up at three o'clock in the morning and I get an idea. And I'm, I can't, I don't know what it is, but I can't fall asleep. I could easily actually fall asleep, but there's something leading me. There's something that's dr- I have to get, I have to do this. So like getting up be three o'clock, it could be any time in the morning that's just super obnoxious and you should just probably fall back asleep. But I come up and I just, I go through it. I make the choice to get up and start the project and start working and writing and producing. And I come up with these ideas that I really firmly believe I wouldn't have been able to just come up with, you know, if I slept and, and, and just got up and worked. So there was something that I feel like in the nighttime is leading me and that's kind of where the song is, is driven from. And, it's like, I I, I got the first lyric too, as well. It's like, I, I, I like, I must be broken. You know, I must, there's gotta be something wrong with me to feel this, but this, this thing I have that's driving me, I don't know what it is. I can't see it, you know, but I do firmly believe it. And and then having a final product in something like this song, um, the next few singles are actually very derivative and, and, and taken from that place of uh what, what feeds me in the night in the sense of that's just my place. I've actually heard Snoop Dogg say that as well. He loves working at nighttime because he knows everyone else is sleeping and he feels like he can get his most creative ideas out. So I just, maybe that's, maybe that's it as well. I don't know, but that's where the song comes from.
0: (laughs) Well, that's awesome, man. I will definitely promote it tomorrow for you as well um, because I, I believe in helping spreading great music, great spirits, and, and sharing things that, that I think are positive. So I'm definitely gonna be out there sharing it, tagging you in it, letting people know to get out there and check it out. Um, if you guys have not seen Abel perform or heard his music, like I said, he is not only a talented individual, but he is speaking from his heart and his soul. And I feel like that's what makes a genuine artist. Anyone can create music, and especially nowadays, anyone can do it almost. But to actually be an right. artist, you have to, to come from artistic background and be creative and going through pain and going through heartbreak and, and looking at the other side of the pain and being able to convey that message. And that's one thing I've always gained from your music. It's not just your tone of your voice when you sing, but it's, it's like someone who's, who's almost still in the midst of, of a storm, but finding a way to survive the storm. I mean, that's,
1: that's honestly like very well put It's like very very also true you know forever growing like nothing's perfect but that's that's like actually an amazing way to put it
0: well i appreciate you abel for not only just being on the show and i i would love to have you back hopefully if you have time february or march if you have any time to come back we would like to hear you sing on space between and hopefully we can collaborate on some things if there's things you need from me i'm definitely willing to help share any marketing ideas, any types of things to assist. I want to just be there to help you win and be successful.
1: That means everything to me. Thank you so much. Seriously, of course, I'd be honored.
0: Okay, well, we thank you, Abel, for being here. And let's remember, you guys, to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our Canvas. Well, we thank you so much, Abel, for being on Black Canvas, and I hope you have a great rest of your night.
1: You too, as well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh thank you for being here and we'll talk soon.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Have a great night. Okay, bye. Yeah.